What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Tuesday Track Talk, episode number 11. My name is Kellen. I'm your Jackman. I am your gas man, Cameron. And I'm your tire changer, Cam. Man, we got a good one today. Uh, we got a couple short race recaps, um, kind of touch on a few big races from the past weekend, and then uh, we're really going to get into the thick of it. Um, and again, what an episode we got with each pick crew member coming up with their top five races of 2023. So um, kind of the same theme as the last couple episodes. You had a calendar year to look at. Um, you present your top five races and we'll try to get it to five. I don't know if we can promise that, but we're going <laughs> to give it a whirl. Um, so we'll kind of kind of give you a little rundown on races that we thought were uh, – can't miss TV. So what's uh what what's new since we've last come together here, fellas? Oh, just right. another great week in a racing. And I think I think we all had a obviously we all met up this past weekend too and partaked in our annual beer thon that we have and I think it was a <laughs> blast. Yeah, nothing new. Um, feel a little bit rusty going back to work after a four day week, four day weekend. So, <laughs> um, but no, it was good Thanksgiving. Time off work, time spent with family. Obviously, Saturday was an absolute blast. Getting the boys together, just hanging out in the basement, watching football, drinking some beer just hanging out. So, uh, yeah, Saturday was an awesome day. Badgers finally been waiting three years to get yeah, that's back. Cool. Ever that's since cool. the old tire change, ever since the tire changer showed up, we've been uh, on a losing streak. Yeah. So, so finally this, got is, a win. this is his third year. He's been coming to, to the annual <laughs> celebration and, and we finally got to, uh, finally got to celebrate instead of, uh, um yeah yeah so no it was a good weekend um yeah football's in full swing and it's kind of kind of the bridge for me for racing season lines up perfectly it's like kind of in a little bit of a lull racing so it's like all right i can bridge the gap of football right now football's in full swing so no um ready to go and uh we got a doozy today hell yeah so let's uh let's go ahead and jump into the first re race recap of the weekend. And we had the Bill Bigley 128 down at the Freedom Factory. Um, so quite a quite an event the SRL put on down there. And I think before we kind of get into the race itself, I think when you look at the at least for us, the review that the Midwest guys had to say about that whole event as a weekend. Um Luke Fenhouse is one that had a lot of great things to say. Jeff Storm, ton of great things to say. Um, guys that just openly said, we will be back. Um, so, and we were just kind of talking before this race got started that that race is slowly putting itself in there as a crown jewel. It's getting to the point where with the qualifying money and the start money and, and the amount to win that race, it's it had 44 cars on property trying to make that show. So. Um, 
what a what an absolute blast that was to uh, watch that. So, kind of what what were some storylines that you guys saw as we went through that 120 laps of chaos? Well, I do want to touch real quick on like your praise from the Midwest guy too. I think a big part of that is it was a four tire race and there was no break in it. So it's literally you qualify and you start on the tires that you're on, and those are the tires that you race on. I think when it comes down to like, especially the cost of it, that's a big thing that can make a guy, you know, make or break a guy going down there. It's like we were talking about like Stormy. He had his little raffle for 100 spots, 20 bucks each. He said that probably pay for our gas down here and maybe, you know, the pit passes for the guys and they forked up the fuel and the hotels and whatnot. But I think when you take the tire costs out of out of the equation, I think that really made a break for a lot of them guys. And I think it probably will in the future if they keep up that that standard. For sure. So, um, yeah, kind of a kind of a good little segue there. Cam, what do you got? Oh, I know. I was just saying, uh, going to kind of go back to the the point of the the crown the crown jewel thing. <clears throat> you know, you're talking about paydays and you know, obviously a big paying race and qualifying money and the start money <clears throat> is putting itself on a crown jewel map. But money aside, I think we're well on our way to a crown jewel just with the level of competition that's showing up to that race. Yeah. I mean, you got the best of the best, arguably the best of the best um, super late model drivers that were there. And so money aside, um, I think just the level of competition that was there and we continue to see, I think that's what's going to continue to drive this thing is, which maybe it's from money, but just the level of competition and the guys that are going down in racing in it. It's just awesome for short track racing. Um, so, yeah, um, hopefully, hopefully, like you said, um, with a lot of the reviews and people saying, you know, Cletus treated him right and did it right, and, you know, whatever, hopefully he just continues to grow this thing because, yeah, it was an awesome show. And hopefully we just keep getting it bigger and bigger. And I think it's well on its way from – money standpoint and then also um i thought you know the big takeaway for me is the level of level of competition we're getting some big name guys down there and yeah so people want to see the best of the best go at it and i think to that point too you know you talked about cletus being in charge of it you know he's a he's a big name for you know in the i guess especially in the youtube world the auto the auto youtube world it, you know, he could probably draw some sponsorship in to help raise some money for that point or for that race fund. Um, and like you said, with guys coming in, if they keep that race on the weekend before the snowball derby, that's a good one two punch for a lot of them guys to run two caliber races on back to back yeah. weeks. And it's not a far haul either for them to, to go from both of them races. I know it was a prominently uh, Florida native race. Uh, in that big league but like you said if you get a lot more of the big name guys to hit that race that are going down the snowball derby who you got a race on your hands for sure and i think that might be one of the that might i shouldn't say that would be one of the things but i think that's a 
very valid point for some of these guys that, hey, a lot like a lot of these Midwest guys, to have it on that weekend before Snowball Derby, it's like, hey, we can go down there for a week and we can get two big races in and not have to, you know, drive back. So I think that's another huge thing um, that Cletus is doing for, you know, people across the country is, hey, we'll put it on the weekend before arguably the biggest late model race in the country, the Snowball mm-hmm. Derby. And that I think is going to help draw more people, you know, like obviously the Midwest guys, like they're not going down there. Well, maybe they are, but you know, this was two weeks before, you know, they're probably not going to it. You know, if this was beginning of November, it's like drive to Florida, drive back and then go back to snowball. I don't know. Yeah, I, just think, I just think, yeah, that's a tough call for, yeah. for the crew and you know, everything. So like you said, I think Cletus has got a, a great idea with what he's doing. He's obviously doing it right. And yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think it's at a great weekend where it's mm-hmm. going to allow, you know, teams from across the country to say, "Hey, we're going to the we're going to Florida for a week. We'll we'll hit the big league and then roll the snowball." So, yeah, and that's, I think kind of to your point is I think Cletus helped facilitate a ton of that, and that's again hats off to him because they haven't had supers at that track for I think it was 2017, I believe they yeah, said. Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> but then in the same sense, like you have the SRL crew with Ricky Brooks coming in and doing the behind the scenes with the tech and all of that other stuff that yep. even some of the Midwest guys said the tech was just, it was so smooth. You were in and out the party the night before the food was good. They treated them well. The, the get together itself outside of the racing was also, um, was also very highly praised. So Cletus obviously had a huge, a huge thing in that. And hats off to SRL for being able to, to dial him up and go, Hey man, we want to put on a big show. Um, and uh, Ricky Brooks and his crew, they got it done. So it's kind of a, a twofold with that as well. So um, pretty cool deal there. But uh, what 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 storylines did we see throughout that 128 laps that caught some attention? Uh, I think for one, attrition. I mean, there were a lot of guys that it was very early on. A lot of guys were breaking. And it's just every... Every 10, 15, 20 laps, yeah, maybe not much, but like every 30 laps, you saw a guy drop off, the guy drop off. And it wasn't even due to Rex. It was just pure parts are breaking on the car. I think that was one of the big things that you saw. And it it took out some really good cars. Like Jeff Storm was one of them. I mean, it took him out of contention really, really on. He had a damn good car, and it's a damn shame that he pulled off. I think one in, I guess one of the obviously big storylines we were going to touch on is a Midwest guy going down there and dominating all but the most important part of the race. Um, Johnny Slaughter uh, goes down there and gets behind the wheel. And like you said, you know, I don't know. I think he said after the race is clutch issue or thinks he had a clutch issue, but you know, just had a solid car led what 90, 90 of the 128. Yeah, um, he, he was up front had, damn near all day. Yeah, clearly had the best car. He was kind of on a Sunday ride there, and all of a sudden he's got an issue. And that 
that restart just it that quit on that restart and it didn't work in his favor. Yeah. And unfortunately leads him to not leading the most important part of the race. But um no, uh and the other thing I was gonna say is for Johnny, um hate it for him. I think more so we're obviously we're Johnny fans, being he's from Wisconsin, we're all up here. But I just the poor guy, like even stuff around here, he shows up to everything with a rocket ship and just something always goes wrong. Yeah. It's just one, one, one race to go his way. And it just. Can't can't literally can't catch a break. No. And we talked about it. I think on, on an earlier episode, I mean, um, completely destroyed his car at WIR. After he had a, a part issue in that After one. he had a part issue. Didn't he lose an he axle? Pulled off. Uh, no, his was... So he broke broke an axle at Madison. Yeah. He had a part issue at Gakana, which was his fault. Pulled in, came back out to run laps, got wrecked. And then lacrosse, he had... A, I think it was another axle. Yeah, he broke an axle. Scuffing him up, coming to one to go. <laughs> yeah, and then he did that, but he did that at like at Kakana the year before. He did the same yeah. thing. He broke another axle. <laughs> that was that was he had that brand new race car. He that was he brand un- spanking that new. Thing. I think that was the red one. Yeah, I think it was a red one. I think it and was a red one. And in yeah. typical solder fashion, he showed up late too, <laughs> and rolled out of the box and said, "I'm here <laughs> and fast." Yeah, exactly. He's on his own time. Just yeah, the sheer luck that he's got. Just I I mean, at least he finished this one. So I mean, he at least got the second place pay out of it. Yeah. Do you know, Dan? I think everyone in that place knew like Sodder. Sodder had that one in the bag. Yeah, he had the car to beat without a doubt. So yeah, obviously Johnny led a ton of laps and. He was up front all night, and then we got those long runs, and it just he just lap at a time was just inching away, and just he mm-hmm. took off, and even and even from Van House Majeski, who won that race last year by DQ, or he got DQ'd afterwards, but he's a previous winner of that race, so you know he was going to be damn good. He has some issues as well, but yeah, solder chest, class of the field. And that was again driving for a new team. Well, new team to him, um, with that Richie Waters. So that was it wasn't I like thought he, he was raced with them before. Previously, but I'm just like from a reference, it wasn't his own stuff where Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He knew exactly what was going on and, and everything. So like he, he had a little experience on him, but it wasn't it wasn't uh yeah. it wasn't uh his full calling the shots and all that stuff. Yeah. So um yeah, I mean I think one of the other kind of other big big headline obviously is Jet Nolan winning that race. Um and I think you can say to this day that probably is his his biggest win. Uh when you look at again as we've kind of talked about already with the the class of cars and the pay that goes into this one I think uh that's a, that's a monstrous win for him, and you want to talk about timing. 
a guy that's a guy that's finding a way to win when mm-hmm. you got hauler parking for the biggest race of the year starting tomorrow morning. Um, that guy's got to be feeling pretty good going to the snowball derby tomorrow afternoon. So, um, yeah, again, super great race. I think, uh, we enjoyed watching it start to finish and even watching race monitor for practices and qualifying and all that other stuff. Oh, that qualifying was, just... was racing a race monitor. I mean, me and you were sitting at that laptop watching it and you just see to the top of the chart. <laughs> yep. Who yep. knew we could, we could go crazy just by watching live timing and scoring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, awesome show, a great deal. Um, what a doozy to lead us up to to the snowball derby. So um great show. That's kind of your recap for the the Bill Bigley 128 at the Freedom Factory. Um uh kind of going through the lineup here real quick, just to point out some other guys. Jeremy Doss at rounded out the top three. Uh Michael Atwell last year's winner by DQ is P4, Anthony Sergi P5, your boy DK, Derek Krause was sixth. Fenhouse yeah. eighth, but Jeske after scraping the wall, he was ninth, kind of fell back. Steven Assey was 10th. Uh, let's see. Schaefer was 12th. Bigley, uh, I believe his grandson, if I remember correctly, uh, yep. was 16th. Mm-hmm. Um, Stormy after pulling out was 21st. Derek Griffith, I kind of forgot that he was running. Uh, he was 26th. Well, he had a mechanical failure as well. Yep. So just some other guys that were running running into that race. So yeah. Yeah, we always got to give some love. <clears throat> love to old DK. I forgot where he started. He started north of the 20s, didn't he? Mm, high teens, I thought. 14th, yeah. 15th, somewhere in there. I think it was 14th, if I remember correctly. Um so yeah. Great show. Um, awesome. That was that was a that was a fun one to watch and get to see all of that. So kind of our 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 last recap of the episode before we really get into the big of it uh, would be the Thanksgiving classic at uh Southern National. And wow, did we have a battle on our hands <laughs> to finish that one? Which first off, kudos to Race in America. So under I, I know they got a lot of slack in previous years for not having readily accessible highlights of races available. No. So if there's new management in line, kudos to them because they posted the last 27 laps of that race on YouTube. If you haven't watched it, check it out. It is <laughs> some barn burner racing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was and I can't remember who who posted the tweet. It was on it was on X uh, formerly Twitter or whatever. Um that they said that that is one of the top five finishes to a race that they've seen with cars. Matt Weaver. We was it Weaver? I think it was he Weaver. So. But he just said that was one of the most epic finishes he's seen um in recent years. So that that kind of tells you kind of tells you what you're working with there in terms of yeah. uh, the racing quality um for for that series as well so i i watched it very briefly here and i mean it was just you want to talk about crossover on crossover on bumpers and three wides and i mean makers and yeah exactly you know i could get i could do without the amount of bumpers that were used in it just the old midwest me racing style and me 
But either way, I mean, that was some damn good racing against some with some damn good drivers. For sure. So, yeah, I think in a, <clears throat> I think everyone's kind of seen it now again. Um, we do have a little, little altercation again post-race, or it might even have been during the race after. You had a couple guys to get together. One ends up in the fence. Um, we have a few crews that decided. Say, uh, that, those haymakers were getting. <laughs> we had a few crews that decided uh, the on-track activities weren't quite enough. Um, and they had a few a few lefts and rights they had to say yet before the night was done. Um, there were a know, lot think... of. <laughs> Go ahead. There's just a lot of things that went with that too. There was, it seemed like, yeah, there was the tussle, but it's kind of seemed like it actually started over guys. Like I'm going to, I'm trying to find the tweet here, but it sounded like somebody reached into one of the cars that was getting worked on a pit road and pulled the ignition out of it. Yeah. The ignition. Or the and wire that's what started the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. So I think you talk about a little malicious action i think that uh that's where it all started that's where it kind of stemmed from and that at the end of the day there's let's be honest about it, there's no place for that i mean we've talked about it a couple of times now when it comes to fighting and what's right what's wrong and hey, yeah you just you can't, you can't do that you can't reach inside someone's car like that. I mean, if you're looking for a vacation from a series, that's a good way to get one. That's a good way to find yourself writing somebody a check if you want to get back into the series. Yeah. And I think, and I think I, I had sent this to you guys, and I, I forget if it, this was in reference to this race, but old tire changers guy, Nick Hoffman. Yep. It, was, it was this this fight, yeah. Yeah, he put out a tweet too. It's like, you know, these guys roughing each other up for wins and wrecking bumpers and, you know, stuff like that. It's like, this is why people can't afford to do this stuff anymore. Like, not only is the stuff going up, everything's more expensive nowadays, but it's like, not only that, but it's like, show up to a race and, you know, guys aren't always racing with respect. And all of a sudden it's like, Your shit's, torn, your shit's torn up and then you got to try and rebuild it from scratch. And it's just not. Far from ideal. It's far from ideal for, for the sport. And just, it makes it tough for a lot of these, you know, guys like you and I that do this on the weekend and work a nine to five and then go out to the shop and work on the car. It just makes it twice as hard on those guys, which yeah. sucks, sucks for the sport. Yeah. So I remember. So, yeah, I saw that one. Kenny Walsh chimed in as well. And then one of my favorite uh, reporters, Pete Pistone, he's on Sirius XM. Uh, he came in and said, I'll take Midwest asphalt late model racing every day of the week. And I, when he said that, I had, I got to thinking, I'm like, when was the last time I saw a fist fight in a Midwest race? I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta think long and hard. Yeah. It's been a very long time since you've seen or even heard of guys, you know, getting at it with each other. But even, even in 
verbal you just don't see it anymore up here yeah. i mean yeah guys are going to clearly be frustrated but we whatever we have up here and they're going to say you know whatever's in the water somewhere and that can be kind of said for up here too where you just you don't we don't see that because i you know? think like the other thing too and i'm watching the replay of the wreck itself i mean it was a blatant dump going into oh yeah and you he just off in there. you just I, I think it's just you don't see the blatant dump out of the guys up here because they have so much respect for because they everybody knows that everybody works on their own stuff hmm. and it's you don't want to do it to them because you know you don't want to do it yourself nobody likes working three weeks to rebuild a race car that got wrecked yeah and, you know, and it's it's crazy because, you know, we talk about that up here. Like we have the, you could say almost weekly, we have the same group of guys running with each other every single week. Now they do too. But, but I also think what's the difference? Where's, where's the difference? You know, like where, I think where it's is- also they're racing each other multiple times during the week. How many of them guys travel and go to the same tracks with each other? Whether it's the racing at Kakan on Thursday and then they're running the live for five race on a Saturday or, you know, they're at the Midwest tour race. Like they're traveling with each other too the entire week. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's interesting. And I think to kind of build on that point, you know, that cars tour, I'll, I'll say. Um, at least in, in Dale Jr. and Kevin Harvick now being a part of that ownership group, Burton as well. Um, these guys are going to have to handle these types of altercations. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to have a big say in kind of eliminating that from the, from the short track scene. You know, it's, it's been a, that tour in particular has found themselves in the media multiple times for stuff that you're just like, wow, you just can't do that. Yeah. It's the late model stock. This was a non cars tour race, but it was that late model stock that. Yeah. The late, late model Thanksgiving stock, classic, say, yeah. but yeah, well I, again, but look at Martinsville, same deal happened there. That was a late model stock race. I mean, and even just, that one, you look at that and it's like, how, how pissed off can you be for the guy? That's the bystander locked in the car, ready to go out. And you have your cars wrinkled up and you haven't even gotten on the track. You, you got, got guys cr- on hood. your hood fighting each other. Like, yeah. How, how like come on man yeah like leave, leave the guy alone he's got nothing to do with that it's and just... given the the super late mile scenes not immune to that as well we had the no. whole steven nassi um situation a while back no it, it, it's everywhere it's just a matter of to what extent and how frequent yep i was gonna say yeah. i was gonna say a lot i think the bigger driver is the frequency yeah like you said Van Girl, you're at the track damn near every single week when that fires up. I just and when you sit there and when you when you're scratching your brain saying, I can't even remember yeah. the last time. And it's like shit. We can go back to early this fall, the Martinsville race, that big late model race at Martinsville. Yeah. <laughs> we were throwing hands and it, yeah. And yeah, going great. to going to 30 odd races on the year. It's just well, and I think even like, you know, if you want to jump another series, the World of Outlaws. I it's with how often they race each other, I don't think you see any guys fight each other. 
World Outlaws, Lucas Oil, like anything like that. I, and I think there's just is. Uh, but I think them they, guys they, have the same amount of respect because they all know that they work on their stuff day in and day out. Right. Even if you don't want it, you're working on it. Yeah. I would say the level of respect is just significantly more like from the world outlaws. I mean, we talked to Nick Hoffman after that race on Friday night and <laughs> he tells us how much him and Chris Madden don't get along and he can't stand Chris Madden, but he's not going to wreck a race car to do it. He's not, he's never going to wreck a race car. He'll make his life a living son of a gun to get around him and yep. he'll take his lane away. But like, and shit, that was pretty early. I mean, there's two months left in the year for those guys. And it's like, yeah, he's telling us that the first week in August, and they got three months, basically three months of racing left. And it's like, yeah, it's a long you know, season. Not once, not once did we ever hear of a altercation of Nick Hoffman yep. and Chris Madden. Like it was, yep. I, so I think I, it's just like the level of respect of like, Hey, I don't get along with you. I don't like you. Yep. But when we put our helmets on, like we're gonna, we don't like each other. Yep. But we're gonna do it with respect. And I'm not gonna junk your stuff, but I'm, I'll make it a pain in the ass to get around me. So Danny Fredrickson and Ty Majeski. Yeah. I mean, that was on a big half mile, a big half flat half mile too. <laughs> yeah. And I like Larry, like Larry McReynolds says it best too. He's like, you have way too many guys that work way too damn hard on those race cars. You don't take care of it on the track. You take care of it on pit road. If you got an issue, that's where you take care of it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, kind of a wild finish to the, to the Thanksgiving race for, uh, for that, that crew. Um, any kind of last little thoughts before we jump into uh, what's going to be a dandy? Um, no, I'll again kind of hop it back onto the race itself. Good race. Uh, again, had a couple of, of really good guys in there. Um, that three wide battle is between Caden Honeycutt, Josh Barry, and Brandon Queen. Um, do you just hear? So I'm watching, I'm going back through Matt Weaver's tweets here. Um, you know. Butterbean crosses him over. Back to the lead. Good stuff, Josh and Brendan. Uh, Butterbean gives Josh the bumper. Josh gives it right back. Oh, my God. They're trading bump and runs all over. Here comes Hayden Honeycutt. He just goes, oh, my God, racing. <laughs> I mean, Weaver is just... On it. Weaves was yeah. in heaven. <laughs> yeah, he was eating Landon Hoffman comes in. Best race I've ever seen. Yep. It's just, yeah, it's just everybody was very, very, some of the best damn racing. Sure, the guys maybe weren't happy about the bumpers, but it was an equal amount of bumpers given out, I think, by everybody. So, yeah, kind of and I could go back right? and watch that re replay and, and see otherwise, but oh, I got enough fear. This training. one. This one tweet that he's got, I'm going to pull it up on my phone so I can show you guys. This is my fa one of my favorite some, Matt Weaver tweets. Grab some water quick before we get into the next segment. Yeah. So yep. Matt Weaver is definitely a meme guy. 
<laughs> so he, if the situation calls for it, he'll use it. And he put this one out right after the uh, that finish of the late model ones. He just said, basically, the late model stocks with an NK just went up. Here's that. <laughs> I do. I did see that. Just. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's I awesome. love it. Yeah, that was a that was an absolute show. But you know, Matt Weaver, if you're interested in some uh, racing follow on Twitter, that's about a twelve out of ten recommendation. If you want to hop on too, and you know, just talk racing, we're uh, we have <laughs> open availability. <laughs> yep, for sure. We have spots open if you would like to join us. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but even for anybody that's listened to us too, if you if uh, you're looking for a good follow on just damn near any type of late late model racing, Matt Weaver's a, a damn good go to. No. Yeah. yeah, he's got uh, he's got the connections, and he can be the guy that says, "I have some intel on as to what's going to go on." Yes, a guy that also has a lot of praise for Midwest Midwest racing. He came up for a couple of the Midwest races. He, says, he just says it's different up here. Yep. Yep, for sure. So, of course, that may be a little bit of bias on our part, but hey, I'll take the I'll take the compliment. Absolutely, got to take them when you get them for sure. So, those are kind of our two two race recaps for what has been a couple big shows here for the past weekend. So, those are kind of the ones we watched and touched on, and um, we felt that those were worthy of some acknowledgement in in the in the feature world uh, this weekend. So. All right, <clears throat> this is where the creative juices have been flowing for a week now. We've been talking about this, um, kind of to preface this, the same idea as our last two episodes. If you have not seen those with the top 10 paint schemes and the build your own race team, um, watch. check those out because uh, there's no bars hold, there's no rules, there's no nothing. You were given one criteria, and that is, Top five races of 2023, um, and we took this back an entire calendar year. So um, you had a calendar year to think about what you had going on. Um, and uh, surface, car, series, you name it, it was what you wanted and felt were your top five races of 2023. So, um, again, you're going to get a, a live reveal. <laughs> we don't know what who's bringing what, but we have a pretty good idea of who we think's going to go where. Um, also, disclaimer, uh, again, five races we're picking from here. Some oh, damn good my. ones are left off. Yeah. So if you feel like we left something off the list or you would like to make your own. Let us know. We'd be happy <laughs> to put them out for you. But we can put out the, we would absolutely put out the guest top five as well, or fan top five. So if you got one, um, Shoot us a DM on any of our socials or uh, yeah, hit, hit the comments to see if we can get yeah. a couple other people to string together some races here and we can put out a little uh, a little uh, fan top five. So, um, yeah, this, these are not easy decisions. Um, when you go to the racetrack every weekend throughout the year, it's kind of hard to pick from them because when you start to do a little look and you go back and you go, that was a show too. And I found myself in that situation where it's like, I got five, but I got, I got 12 that I could put on there and they were <laughs> damn good shows. So. And I um, think anyway, that prefacing, obviously we left some good ones off, but I think full disclaimer, I mean, 
there's probably races that we forgot that were not even didn't even come to mind over the last week. I mean, when we're when you guys are at the racetrack every weekend, when there's three national series for NASCAR, Cup Series, Xfinity, truck races. When there's three of those every weekend, you guys are at the track. You got whatever you can throw on flow. Like, shit, we watch a lot of racing. So <laughs> there's probably <laughs> things that we, that we completely forgot or, you know, the stones didn't quite get hot enough to to remember one. So, yeah, like you said, that'd be that'd be cool to throw a kind of a a fan top five if uh, we forgot any or people think you know disagree. Throw them in the comments or shoot us a DM, and that'd be a cool cool little yeah. segue to see you know see what everybody people got. people think of it think of the top five. So, well, without further ado. Cam, let's jump right in. Round one. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, present that slideshow one right there. All right. So I went kind of. Um, I'm going to just get you guys right and get you guys in the right part of the screen here. Um, I went with just uh, probably not uh, more so calendar year. Um, I think you're going to see it's uh, a little bit of stuff more recently that I could remember and just uh, the stuff that I thought was just good and uh, obviously top five. So without further ado, here we go, here we go. Race number five, High Limit Sprint Car Series at Lernerville. Um, this was mid-September. Uh, this was a 50,000 win doozy. Um, I think Callan's already regretting not putting this one on there. Yeah. <laughs> yep, go ahead. Can, can you guys see the High Limit Sprint Car Series or no? Yeah. Yep. yep. My, my uh, talking thing is showing up. Nope, uh, nope. We're, we're good. Keep yeah, her going. Good. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. You keep going with her, but epic gas man failure. Um, anyways, um forget We're you guys. Fire. Just, forget you guys just saw that. Um, no, but obviously the high limit sprint car series at Lernerville. This this was uh middle of September, one of the second to last races. Um, this is also the one that Dale Jr. was at. Um just a doozy of a race. Uh, Kyle Larson was leading it, got into lap traffic. He ended up going off the racetrack, jumping the cushion, going off the racetrack. Brad Sweet takes the lead. David Gravel's hot on him, you know, five laps to go. Brad Sweet jumps the cushion. Um, David Gravel sneaks in there. And uh, I think Rico snuck by Brad Sweet as well. And then, uh, as you can see that picture there, I think Gra it was Gravel, Rico, and Brad Sweet, your top three. So uh, that was a that was a doozy of a race, and I actually I think that was one of the first races that we kind of did. We could watch that one together on the on on the on the uh, the channel. I, I think don't we remember which one that was, but I can't but remember. Anyways, um, yeah, this was just a fantastic race. Um, high limit, obviously, put on some damn good races this year, and. Um, 
looking forward to see what they're going to, what they're going to put on next year. Cause um, yeah. And I was trying to think, cause I'm like, I don't think I give sprint car races enough, enough love to be honest with you. Um, like I love dirt late model racing. And I think that obviously drives, um, or sways or influences some of my decisions but some of these uh wing sprint races um i mean the way these guys can get a run down the back stretch and it's yeah i don't think i give them enough love but uh here they are sitting at five uh, i thought this was a good one obviously at number four you guys already saw the doozy the picture Going with the uh, NASCAR playoff race at Talladega. <laughs> and absolutely pained me to put this Blaney winning <laughs> on here um, for the old tire changer. But, um, no, I just thought this was an awesome race. Um, in the playoffs, guys pushing, trying to go. Um and then that last lap move there that Blaney pulled off, he was on the top. I don't know if you guys remember. He was on the top side. He's getting a push from uh, Herbst. Harvick was on the bottom. He got pushed out a little bit too far. Harvick comes up the top for Blaney, and Blaney just swoops right down, and Byron pushes him to the pushes him to the win. Um, so, yeah, obviously this, I thought this was an awesome race, and um, truly I think – in one of our future episodes, uh, what, what racing, what type of track produces the best racing? Um, I think I'm going to make a strong case for restrictor plates just out of the sheer strategy and how, how things happen. Um, so, uh, I thought this was, this was a banger of a race, uh, as well. So, and then I found this photo and I was like, this is a, actually an awesome photo. Not only you got the finish line, but you can see the the melee in the background, mm-hmm. Larson spinning, Elliott spun, Herbst in the middle. Like you can just see, here comes the big one. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then I actually thought Kevin Harvick's paint scheme there was pretty slick. But so yeah, this was just number four. Uh, just sheer out of, out of the finish here, and then just what was going on. Leading up to that, the boys are pushing, and the runs you get at restrictor plates again, things can happen so quick. So uh, I thought this was a good one. Race number three. Um, oh, this was from uh, this earlier this fall, the World One Hundred at Eldora. <laughs> um, not sure what you guys remember for this, but. Obviously, yeah. as you can see, this was the JD Hudson O'Neill show. Um, JD obviously had that sweet paint scheme, black, red, black, white, and green. Uh, led a lot of the races, and then Hudson O'Neill doing what the New Deal does. And I think that top picture there is a good description of what he did. Um, <laughs> threw it up on the top side, ran him down. There was a late race caution. JD's right rear was a little bit tore up and he had to try to get Huddy on the restart uh, to have a chance. Um, And he didn't, but uh, up until that last restart, 
Uh, just an awesome race. Again, I think Eldora puts on some of the best dirt racing there is. So um, just thought this was a good one between Huddy and JD, uh, two of the best in the sport going at it. Obviously, for a crown jewel like the World 100, um, thought it should make it. Race, second best race of 2023. Okay. All right. The SRX race at Lucas Oil Speedway. <laughs> um, I don't know how much you guys remember from this race. This one was early oh. August. But awesome. And I didn't get to watch every single SRX race this year. I watch a handful. But this race was just an I don't know. I thought this race was one of the best races I've I've watched. And I don't know if it was one solely out of the fact that hey, we're putting these car these type of cars on a dirt track. Two, if it was the way the track was prepped, because the track was so damn racy. Or three, I don't know, all the above. Uh, <laughs> but maybe it was just a perfect storm. Uh, but no, they threw these new cars out at Lucas Oil Speedway, um, a track that just absolutely pisses me off on the World Outlaws game. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, they throw these guys out there. And th this was actually, I mean, I was going back and forth if this should be number one, but I it was coming down to it. Obviously, you got our boy Jonathan Davenport there in that green nutrient egg solutions car. He led the majority of the race, but Clint Boyer was giving him everything he could handle. Oh, he certainly was. He was giving him everything he could handle, putting all the pressure on him, waiting for one mistake. It just never came. But then, if you boys remember... With about 10 laps to go, they had that restart. Yep. And Boyer said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to oh. do it now. <laughs> he goes in there and throws a slider on Jonathan Davenport. Davenport gets him in the bumper, gives him a little bump, cuts down below, gets a run off the backstretch. And Boyer knew he had to get him early, so he tries it again, and Jonathan Davenport was just waiting on the top from the side up and cut below him. Waits, cuts below him. But by then, there's two guys on his inside banging, guys spinning. And I don't know how Jonathan Davenport comes out with the lead, but he did. Um, the boys yeah. were banging, Brad K., Tony, um, all those guys, Boyer. Um, but, no, this, I was sneaky, sneaky good race. Um, actually love this one. So if you didn't watch this race, highly recommend going back. Just watching the highlights of this one, uh, thought this one was a heck of a show uh, for that series. And that was obviously the – oh, I think that was the last race of the year because um, I think that was the night – or one of it because uh, Newman clinched uh, the title. So, mm -hmm. uh, no, just – this actually – and I no, I didn't pick it because Jonathan Davenport's one of my favorite drivers. <laughs> no, I picked it because I thought this race was actually just – Awesome race. And top race of 2023. Yep. No surprise. Um, got to be there live and in person for this bad boy. Um, and there was nothing like it. Um, 
Yeah, dude. The year the year these two have had, Hudson O'Neill and Bobby Pierce, two of the best of the best that were. I forget, did Bobby have the lead or did Hudson have the lead? No, Bobby had the lead. Bobby did, yeah. Hudson was coming. He was coming hard. Got it, because I was trying to remember. But, yeah, um, and Huddy was throwing everything he had in typical Hudson O'Neill fashion. I mean, you could crop his car from that World 100 picture and put it on this screen. It was the same exact thing. <laughs> Him ripping the cushion, sparks coming off the wall. Makes a heck of a run. And as you can see on the left there, um, that finish, I forget what the official time was. Point, it was point zero zero two five. I don't know. Something insane like that. Mm-hmm. For a fifty thousand pay fifty thousand dollar payday, uh, Bobby Pierce came at. We were there at the race. Awesome seats. Awesome show. Um, man, in that track, that track just produced. Um, awesome show. Ten out of ten recommend. Um, and I think that uh, for the pit crew is going to be a. Yeah, yearly trip. Yep, that's a yearly trip too. So, um, yeah, uh, I obviously the race, race wise, um, I gave my top 10, but obviously being there, I think I probably is a little bit, uh, bias and influence just that that whole experience for me was just so awesome. So looking forward to going back to that. Um, so yeah. Those are my top five, um, and I'm sure I forgot and missed a, missed a lot, but um, ready to see what the other pit crew boys got and um, see see if we've got any similarities, what I forgot, and uh, what we can all debate. So I don't know who's going next. I think I'm going to – yeah. Gonna, without further ado, I'm going to bring you the – the next top five here. Um, I'm just going to write down my top five here quick. And All right. So I had this issue last week. Let's do this and go like this. You got to go to slideshow from the beginning. All right. So here you go. We're going to ring in the top five of 2023 from your from your big dog here. All right, you ready for this, ladies and gentlemen? Here we go. Number five. Ooh. <clears throat> Ward wins the clock with the Valley Valley Star Credit Union 300. Um, if you haven't seen the last three laps of that race, um, this was the checkered flag, but you could rewind this exactly a lap. These two cars touched, and both of them damn near wrecked, really of no one's fault. But they got together. Hoffman just absolutely wheeled that thing to stay on it. They were side-by-side side for probably the last five laps, just inside, outside, back and forth. They just went absolutely at it for this this one. Um, so that, that finish was just – and they even said, you know, no one really roughed anyone up. They just raced really hard um, to get to that finish. So um, – 
number five was the 77 getting himself Ward gets himself clock for um, the Valley Star Credit Union 300 at Martinsville. Number four, I guess I don't really need to touch on this one. It, I use the same picture. It's the same car. It's the same race. It's it's the same exact spot, too. It's everything that was previously mentioned already. <laughs> God damn it. So here we are. Number four, Ryan Blaney, just to finish, I mean, at, well, well, I don't know, 190 miles an hour, when you look at that, you have to rewind it to see what's going on exactly as they've crossed because it was just that close. Like, you're talking a foot and a half at 190 miles an hour. So, um, absolute, absolute awesome finish to that race. Um, so How ironic that we didn't even talk, didn't. Nope, this is exactly what we were looking for. So here we are with Blaney uh, winning at Daga. Next one I got, uh, Thorn for the 2022 Snowball Derby. Thorn gets himself one here. Um, and if you follow the super late model scene, especially that that massive race, Thorn gets that, but um, kind of on a – that team shuts down on a high note. So that, that team obviously is not together anymore, uh, but he gets it done in his last try with that team. Um, so obviously he's back this year with Schaefer Motorsports, but um, to do it with that crew, with that race, and you got to remember this was the race and looking at that bottom picture with Eric Jones and Ty Majeski getting together, um, they get together and it was still incredible to me how the rear end of that race car just got or off like that mm -hmm. like that was insane to just see that happen like that and Majeski spun again later in that race um your pole sitter Josh Berry he went around twice um just uh a lot went on in that and you got to remember that's a 300 lapper so there was a lot of attrition with that race but Thorn Thorn had his hands full on a couple late restarts where um nasi gave him all he could handle and and they, they just they raced hard um without wrecking each other and and did just an awesome awesome finish coming down to um the 20 2022 snowball derby so that comes in in my top five for the previous year the next one pierce over o'neill at the goal for 50 this is the picture now, mind you, this is the picture where the race def or the race win per se was zero point zero 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 two or zero zero two. Um, <clears throat> interestingly enough, a week later, I went to um, the Lucas Oil Show at Davenport. This is where we got the description on where the scoring loop is. After this race, everywhere you went, a dirt super. All right, guys, before we get started, here's where the scoring loop is. In case anyone is wondering, <laughs> transponders are all mounted in the exact same spot in every single car. If they're not, we're going to check them after the race and we'll determine a winner. Um, this is where this came from. And obviously, the scoring loop, camera angle, all of that influences this. But Bobby Pierce was determined your winner per the electronic scoring for this race. So um, I watched this one and you sat there and you went, what did I just watch? What what was going on? Like, how did that happen? Um, 
that was an absolutely insane one to watch. So again, <clears throat> a track that puts on a hell of a race with guys running the bottom, guys running the top. You got just cars all over and just just so many different lines and strategies that went into that. So um the sheer finish to that one was just you kind of sat there in dismay going, what did I just watch? Did that just really happen? Um, so that was my, uh, that one snuck into my top five. Another sneaky track too, for the, uh, you know, pit crew next year to hit up Deer Creek, not terribly far from lacrosse. I think it's two hours from here, west, straight west in Minnesota. So there'll be another, another one the pit crew should hit up next year. Here's my, here's my final one. And I think we've seen the exact same picture now. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, but I think Cam touched on a lot of the points of how Cedar Lake just produces so much awesome racing. But for me, I put this here as my number one to actually see those runs happen in real time was insane. It, it It's different to watch it on TV and go, you can see it coming. But when you're looking and all of a sudden you just see it and he's there and the flag flies, it's just different. It's just a different feel. It's just you the place erupted but it was like a, it erupted but people were also like wow that really just happened um so again same idea with this the cedar lake as well you got jonathan davenport who never left the bottom of the racetrack you got hudson o'neill who's bouncing off the fence half the time bobby pierce was on the bottom a little bit and he ran the top he did what he needed to do or felt like he needed to do to win that race and um he ends up coming out again. I think the finish was like zero zero seven or something. It was just an absolute insane margin to watch, and especially um, seeing that finish in real time. So that comes in as my number one for twenty twenty three. Here's where here's where my list of the next four that I absolutely tore myself apart trying to get in the top five. Um, ASA Stars National Tour. Madison International for the Joe Shear. You had fifth, 48 cars or something on the entry list. Absolutely insane. So many different storylines. Fredrickson wins disqualification. Summers ran the hell out of Pollard for the last 20 laps. Um, it was so damn hot. We had some motor issues. Sauter had a rocket and brakes. Roderick gets turned mid-race. So, um, Lucas Oil Dirt Late Models, that was my first dirt super late model race that I've been to in a long time. Uh, Davenport wins in Davenport. And then uh, qualifying, you had a handful of guys that were exiting the facility. The track <laughs> yeah, that was, it, has no, uh, that. it has no walls. And at one point, they let three guys out on the track at a time. And every single car that went into one left the facility. It Ooh. was one after another. <laughs> um, absolute insanity. <laughs> Um, that was crazy just to actually see that in person, just to see those guys miss it and just go over the edge. You're like, Oh god, is that car gonna go upside down? Um, three was the following 150 at the Dells, 150 lap with that 75 lap break. Uh, Will, uh, no, Will Farrell, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Farrell. Um, Ryan Farrell has an absolute heyday in the first half, was awesome. Um, faded a little bit late in the race. Uh, Johnson gets by Summers on just some classic short track racing and just just a tap enough to get by him without wrecking him and, and a, a lot of respect there. And then obviously Cam touched on it um, with number four at the high limit at 
at Lernerville with gravel gets the payday over Rico and Sweep, but they had 58 sprint cars try to make that show. So um, they absolutely feel the cars there. Quality of sprint car races. So these were these are my first four out that killed me to say, you know what? They just they weren't quite make top. the cut. They weren't top five, but damn it, they were in the conversation. So there you have it. I would say you could even say that's my top nine, but I pre- present you my top five races of 2023. Man. Hmm. Uh-huh. So do we have two or three races that match up at this point? Well, we'll find out here. <laughs> I'm going to have to say it might even be two to three. <laughs> I was thinking two, but it might be. Yeah. Three. Yeah, I guess we'll find out here. So he's probably going to go. Van um, is probably going to go the dagger race. Um, Then what was it? Was it Martinsville when he locked himself in? Yep. Yeah, Don't forget the close 600. And he's going to go to Phoenix. <laughs> and he's going to throw in a short track that he was at. <laughs> one random that we're not expecting. That's my sure. prediction. Sure. All right. All right. <laughs> well, we'll see how well your prediction holds up here. So I was kind of scrambling to put this together because I was a slacker this weekend and work gets in the way of everything. Um, but when I also thought of like top five races, you also think like, what are the ones that just instinctively come to mind? Like no thought into it, just instinctively come to mind. So I ended up having a total of eight races that made my list. And then obviously cutting it down from there was the challenge. So starting at the beginning, oop, if I can get mine to work here, there we go. 22 snowball derby. I mean, Kellen hit a bunch of it, a lot of it on the head. It's a big, big race, big occasion. And yeah, Derek Thorne comes through with the win on it. I mean, look at the number of people on that pit wall wanting to capture that moment of Derek Thorne finally winning that race. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty self-explanatory. It's a big race, Thorne winning it. All the deal that happened with Majeski um, in that one too, so... Obviously, well deserved of of being on that list. Great sponsor uh, right behind that right front there. Yeah. Funeral <laughs> uh, <laughs> and cremation. <laughs> Jesus. For the rest of the field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where the rest of the field's going. Yikes. <laughs> uh, next on my list was the Chicago Street Course race, the Cup race. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed watching that race. Um, obviously, there was a lot of hype going into it on what it was going to ha- do. The rain played a big part in that race. Uh, obviously, SVG Shane Van Gisbergen winning that one was really huge. Um, well, like I said, I just I thoroughly enjoyed that race. I can't wait if they do it again, which I yes they are doing it again next year. I hope it's a dry run race so we can really see what it does. Um, but I thought it was well executed. We talked about it last week compared to the Vegas race. I thought the cup race was much better compared to Vegas's formula one race. Um, so that made my top five, just like I said, it was instinctively one of the first races I came up with. 
Uh, next on my list, and I think we all this was one that we all shared, but it came in at number three on mine was the Outlaws race at Cedar Lake. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot that I could touch on that you guys didn't already, but this was my first World of Outlaws race uh, that I ever attended. I have been to a race at Cedar Lake, but it was just one of the weekly shows. And I ki- I bet you you could not wipe the smile on any of our faces from the time that we were there. No shot. It was just an absolute blast. We enjoyed every minute of it. Spent way too much money while we were there. Um, <laughs> it's just it was an absolute blast, and yeah, it'll just be one that'll be worth worth every trip that we make there in the coming years. Uh, coming in at number two, and I just got to make sure I get the right one here. And I'm repping the occasion on this one was the ASA Midwest Tour race. The Oktoberfest 200. First off, how can you not love that photo? I mean, hot damn, does that look good. Um, Obviously, Somers clinching the championship at that race. You got Sauter breaking in that race. You also have that Majeski and Zier accident out there in turn three. And then you have old Ty Fredrickson coming in and finishing in the top three in that race. So along with Brian Syrakeski. So you got a couple of surprises that end up uh, up in the front in that race as well. So that was that chain of events of solder breaking and that wreck happening in a matter of five laps was just astonishing. This is always ends up being probably one of my favorite races on the year, just because of the environment that you're around, you get that nice, cool, crisp fall air in the around autograph session. And then the race itself, it's just a top notch event that I always have a absolute blast at. Uh, coming on, coming in number one on my list. It is a super speedway race. It was the playoff, or sorry, not the playoff, but the regular season cutoff race. Oh, at Daytona. Because I think yeah. you had everything you could have wanted in it between the excitement of the last race before the playoffs. Obviously, Priest's spectacular and horrific crash on the backstretch. And then you have the teammates, one and two, coming to the line at Daytona for the finish of that race as well. Like I said, I think you were saying that Super Speedway puts on a lot of great racing. This put on a damn good race. And I thought this was, like I said, when I, when I thought of races on the year, this it's the first one that came up. So I think this was everything that you could have wanted in a race, even with, you know, probably a little bit too much of a wreck that we could have been asking for, but you had, you had damn near everything you could have ever wanted in it. Um, It did not make, I was kind of also going off of Jeff Gluck's, was this a good race poll that he does? This race was not very high up there and I was kind of surprised by that. Um, But when I saw that on the list and, and like I said, when I, it just matched up with what my thought was on that. So um, that was my top five. Like I said, I had eight races that made my list. Uh, some other ones that made the list, Joshier Classic. Obviously, I think that was probably one of the strongest field of cars you could have had out there. Um, I think when it came to the Midwest Tour race at Oktoberfest, I think you had the strongest field of cars for the Midwest was concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kansas Spring Race also was on my list. 
with the amount of three wide racing that was going on, it was a multi-groove race. Um, it was also the race that Hamlin turned Larson into the wall for the win on that one. I actually was watching highlights of that one last night thinking, ah, should this one make it? Should it not? Yeah. Kansas is also a good race because I was there for the fall race as well. And that was a blast to go to. Um, another one that came on my list, and this is one I think you guys will be surprised of or kind of have to be reminded of the alive for five race race. Number three, that was the one that Somers and Fenhouse got together earlier in the race. Fenhouse went to the back cause he took the blame for it, stormed his way back up through the field and took the lead with five laps to go. Mm, yeah. So yep. that one made my list as well, just because that was such yep. a cool thing to see him pick through the field to come back and, and win that race. And to keep his alive for five winning streak alive yep. on the year. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that one also made my list as far as races of the year. So, um, yeah, that's my top five kind of late put together, but I feel like they were damn good races on the year. Absolutely. So now becomes debate time. We've got to come together and see if we can muster up a list of five. We're going to try and do this. Well, I think it's a no, a given which one makes the top five. Yep. We got one. So we're vying for four spots. Yep. yep. So obviously all three of us have placed the 2023 USA nationals at Cedar Lake. Um, that one clearly, clearly has made the list. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're vying for four spots. What other commonalities did we have? We had two snowball derbies in there. We had two playoff races at Dega. We had one and a half high limit race because you had the high limit race on your off off list. Yeah. I think we all, when when Cam brought up the SRX race, <clears throat> we all went, shit, we forgot about <laughs> that one. I, I, I personally agree. I think I totally spaced on that one. I think that one's got to be in there. I think SRX I don't know what it was about that race. Like, because you know, it's not, you, you know, when you're so used to watching the dirt late model, you like, when those guys get up on the cushion, it's, damn near wide open around the cushion yeah. and those big clunky srx cars <laughs> they threw out there on that track and you're like yeah this is gonna be a bristol dirt race you know 2.0 but no those boys were jonathan davenport was obviously the class of the field showing him how to do it but boyer was throwing everything at it. that was that was one of my favorite races so yeah. Um, I can say that would be my number one fall ball for the day. I, <laughs> I missed that one hard. That's the number I, one, you idiot. Yeah, that's when you go, yep, I, I screwed up. <laughs> yeah, so that I one's did. on me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's, that's on me. So, so we got two. Yep, so we got uh, USA Nationals and SRX at Lucas Oil. We got three spots left. Personally, I think Snowball, I think that one should be on there. Okay. That makes it easy. Yeah. 2022 Snowball Derby. Yep. That's why when I said my top five, I was prefacing 
this big brain can't think too far in the past. So, yeah. so yep. that was that's coming up on a year ago. So you guys just snuck in there, but yeah, I've definitely like you got, there's nothing to add to it. Just the, the storylines of Thorne and closing shop and finally getting the job done. Cause it was the, was it the year before that he was really damn close? Yep. Yep. He led a ton of the race and then who got it? Who won that one at the end? Oh, Chandler Smith. Yep. Yeah. Cause he, cause Chandler Smith roughed up Thorne. Cause he got a bunch of booze after that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He did. I yep. forgot about that. So that's, that even made it even more special was <laughs> that it was the redemption race. Yep. So, yep. So now we got USA Nationals SRX at Lucas Oil in the 2022 Derby. So we got two slots left. Man. I didn't watch the dagger race just because I was at Rockford. That one was not so. That one was. So. I'm fighting for that Daytona race, though. Like, if I'm going to fight for one. Yeah, so I think personally on our on our list, the World 100 for me and go for 50 would be out. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Just, just looking at our looking at our two lists. Yep. Those, those would be two I'd be I'd give up. Okay. Um So it leaves so pretty much leaves us to- with the playoff dagger race, late model yeah. stock race at Martinsville, high limit at Lernerville. Uh, I will keep. I will take off the Chicago Street Course race. So that leaves me with the Oktoberfest race and Daytona. I. I'm good with either of those, to be honest. That Chicago Street race, I was actually, I kind of forgot about that. I would say Chicago Street race, I would just say ended up leaving before the race, but it's whatever. That's right, you were at that one. Yeah. We're sitting there, and it's just like we just keep just keep following, sitting in the hotel room, and Bob Pockers is like, delayed, delayed, delayed. <laughs> I'm like, I got it. We got to either make a decision. Either we leave and go back and try to get back and watch it on TV, or we sit here and then we're forced outside this hotel room and stuck in no man's land. And who knows when they're going to run this race? Yeah. So had to make the executive's decision based on the delay tweets from Bobby (laughs) to hit the road. Yeah. But I think all things permitting. Like situation, rain, new new ordeal, everything permitting. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. Uh, um, I'm okay to let that one in unless then grow unless you're against it. I'm I would say I guess I I would be I'm torn between which one I would rather throw out. Well, Kellen, here's a, here's a question for you. Would you rather throw out Dagger or the Martinsville late model race? Martinsville late model. So that's a Dagger. Yep. 
Would you rather throw out dagger or high limit? <laughs> Yikes. Vangirl, would you throw out dagger or the high limit? I'd rather throw out dagger. Okay, I'll I can go with that. Then we'll go high limit. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll double down. So we're looking for one spot. We're looking it's for more one to Van spot. Rose list. Well, or I'll we put Chicago at, back in. What are we thinking about Oktoberfest? So that here's what would it would leave us down to if if we leave Daga in or Daga out, it would be down to Daga Chicago Street Race, the ASA Tour at Lax, and Daytona cut off. <laughs> well, let's start with Oktoberfest. I, I I'm gonna vote Oktoberfest is in. Cam. I didn't watch it. I obviously saw some highlights. Okay, let's do this. I'm 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 good if it I'm good if it goes in. See, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna really screw with us here then. Daytona. Yay or nay? Um Daytona. I mean, we've got four damn good races now. I know. I know. Damn it. <laughs> okay, I guess reverse psych not reverse psychology, reverse order. I guess I would be okay eliminating the Chicago street race. Okay. And I had originally eliminated it before, so by majority vote, Chicago's out. Tell? I'm fine with that. I think I'm I'm setting on so let's do this then between the two races, Daga and Daytona. Which one are you guys going with? Daga or Daytona? Daga. Daga, Cam. A Daytona night race is just bad to the bone. Under the lights, cut off. I'm trying to remember the storylines other than Priest almost losing losing his life. <laughs> Busher won that race. Kozlowski pushed him. Uh, there was also a big one before him that took out a couple of playoff guys. They had a bunch of the three wide racing and throughout that too. You know, like you ever, when you're ever sitting at work and somebody goes, you know, what do you think? And you don't want to be that person that makes the decision. So then they ask you, you know, what do you think? And then you just sit there and you go, I don't know, whatever you think. <laughs> yep. I just. But when you're talking to your boss and he's like, and they're like you know, what do you think? It, you know, what should we do? And you're like, I just. I think I don't know. I don't know. Whatever you would do, I would do. That's where I'm at. I think it's got to be Oktoberfest. I know. I'm just. 
there's so much good things around it. You know, we put Cedar Lake in just because obviously we were there and like the environment and like it and everything that was going on. I feel like that's very similar to Oktoberfest. I feel like if you guys if if you guys attended that next year, you guys would get the same vibes off of it. I agree. Not being there, but seeing what goes on for that entire yeah. weekend, I would agree. I haven't been there, but I you can see it watching it. Yep. Yep. And like I said, I think especially with that was a very strong Midwest field. Yeah, I would agree. So if I had to vote, I I would have to go Oktoberfest. I think so too. I think so. Oktoberfest, it is. Yep. Okay, we got our five. There it we're is. Not gonna put them in order, otherwise we're gonna hate ourselves. So. <laughs> no. So let's go ahead and knock these five out. We have Oktoberfest two hundred with the Midwest Tour. You have USA Dirt Nationals at Cedar Lake. You have SRX at Lucas Oil. And the last one was, remind me, I didn't write these down. High Limit. Oh, Snowball High Limit. Derby. Snowball Derby and then High Limit at Lernerville. 2022 Snowball Derby, High Limit at Lernerville with that field USA of USA Nationals at yep. Cedar Lake. Yep. SRX at Lucas Oil. Snowball Derby, 2022, Thorne winning that. The High Limit Sprint Car Series at Lernerville, Oktoberfest 200 with ASA Midwest Tour. Hell, damn you got list. That is a damn good list. Absolutely. I don't love about it, too. All different tracks, all different styles of racing. Good call. I guess Oktoberfest. Other than the Snowball and Oktoberfest, but. I mean, I think kind of goes to show what we aim to do with this podcast and what we're trying to do and who we're trying to, you know, who we, the race fans we want to interact with. I think that's a pretty damn good indication of what we're trying to do. And we love the all the, day, the racing. Right. But at the end of the day, it's all races that we thoroughly enjoy and have loved watching anyways. And it all just kind of is a testament to the different backgrounds that we want to watch and cover. Just, it yep. brings it all together. So it's what well, I mean. What a what a great combination, man! What a top five. This was as damn hard as the paint schemes. <laughs> Real like <laughs> we didn't even have a single NASCAR race make the top. Oh my god! <laughs> Ask NASCAR gets the axe, but oh how I just that's just just how good, that tells you how there. good. That tells you like how good the World Outlaws is, how good you know the SRX race was, how good local racing is. There's just there's so much good racing wherever you go. Yeah. Yep. You know, I know what I was gonna throw on there. So the first four came to me pretty easy: the USA Nationals, SRX, uh, World 100, Daga. Those first four came to me pretty easy. So it's been like 20 minutes before we hopped on um, to do this, and I was thinking, I'm like. You know what race I was thinking about throwing on there was the truck series finale at Phoenix. Oh my <laughs> god. Just, just an absolute <laughs> Hold, on. Hold on. Time on. That 
the theory was the top five best races, not the top five wrecked equipment of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> From an entertainment standpoint, wow. that race was pretty awesome. Wow. <laughs> Kellen, you were here and as when you and Abby were staying here and that was the weekend of the rodeo, me and Carolyn, it was like restart after restart. And I'm like, Carolyn's in bed. I'm like, I'm dog ass tired. I'm like, <laughs> can these guys just figure it out? No, another restart. Yeah. I forget, what, I forget what the total was. Was it like 20 some laps in overtime? Oh, insanity. I was going to throw that on there and throw you guys for a loop when you guys showed up. So, oh, God. I would, you would, I'd have to discredit you for that one. You'd be down to four <laughs> options for the top five. <laughs> But no, yeah, and I think, yeah, like you guys said, there's so many good races, and obviously, as the pit crew, as we get going, and we're figuring this all out, and podcasts, and all this, like, I think this just shows you guys all the different types of races that we love, all the different types of race cars, and race tracks, and different styles we enjoy following, we love to watch, um, people we love to interact with um so yes sure. kind of a surprising list not gonna yeah. lie. I thought there would have been a little bit more nascar yeah that was no that was great though i love that that was that yeah. was awesome yeah that was that was good that was another good one <clears throat> so kind of wrapping up what's been our our top five pain schemes well top 15 down to top five or uh races so that kind of gives you a little insight into uh all the races that we've been watching all year. Um, we we can only pick a handful to cover in an uh, hour, hour and a half episode to kind of give you recaps and previews and all that other stuff. So I know what I'm doing next year is I'm keeping notes in my phone. I'm like, <laughs> all right, this was a good one. This was a good one. This was a good one. <laughs> this is, we, we are mentally taking notes as to what's going uh, on. It's so me. hard because then you do that and it's going to be like, Oh, you leave the icebreaker. Yep, that was a good one. You watched yep. the Daytona 500. Yep, yep that, that was, was a good one. one. And all yeah. of a sudden it gets to August, so we're going to USA Nationals, and you're like, yep, that was a good one. Oh, it's still on the phone. <laughs> oh, I got 54 races on this note. <laughs> it's going to be like, yeah, great idea. Yeah. But, no, I think one of the things I'm most excited for next year is, one, trying to get to more races, but, two, I want to try to get to a, a wing sprint show. Yes. Um, I think that's going to be one of my big goals next year is obviously USA Nationals. The World Outlaws coming up here and their schedule, um, that's definitely going to be one of the ones I'm going to try to try to get to next year because I don't know. Um, we definitely are going to – we're definitely just going to have to be in constant communication with each other and, hey, we're going to have to figure this one out. Yeah, for sure. We, so, if, if we can't get three stones there, we can hopefully get one stone at the at the track. You know, or guys going separate ways, which is crazy. So, well, that wraps up. That wraps up your top fifteen to top five paint schemes for races uh, or races. Good lord, why do I keep saying paint schemes? I don't <laughs> know. Your top fifteen. Uh, races we got it narrowed down to five with a, a massive variety of cars and tracks and surfaces. So what what kind of an awesome deal to wrap up 
um, another kick-ass uh, off-season topic. So usually this is the point in the episode where we kind of dig into a race preview, but for the nature of what is the Snowball Derby, um, we're going to give you guys an additional episode for the week. We are going to do an entire episode just on the Snowball Derby. Um, we don't have the capacity and the time to put it into an episode after rat- racking our brains around what we just did. Um, so make sure to stay tuned to the channel later in the week. I would expect Thursday, um, early Friday morning to see an entire episode on just the snowball derby. So we'll give you surprise teams, early race winner picks, anything from qualifying to the qualifying draw. We'll, we'll fill you in on all that and we'll give you, um, the preview on the snowball derby. Um, that baby deserves its own episode alone. So. We're going to bring you that one uh, top to bottom in in its own right. So one other thing to kind of keep an eye on is we may potentially be going live on Friday night for qualifying. So um, if you're interested in in hopping on and staying tuned, we'll be doing a kind of a dual screen. We'll be doing a little bit of a live reaction with the qualifying um, and then live so we, that we can interact with you guys as the fans as we come into um, the toughest qualifying session of the year, um, potentially in any series um, as we go. So keep an eye out for that. Make sure you got the notification bell on when we go live. That'll that'll cue you in as to where we're at. Make sure you hop on and um, tune into that. So keep a lookout for that. Um, and then next week, um, following our Snowball Derby, when we get back to our usual uh, Tuesday Night Track Talk, um, following our Snowball Derby preview, we're going to jump into you can watch one racing series forever and why. So, again, we're going with the same criteria as we always do. Um, you have no criteria. It's what are you watching and why. So, kind of the same idea. Yeah. We're going to bring you. Uh, I'm not excited. <laughs> no, it's going to be a pretty sad episode. I'm not excited. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, it's the pick one it's not fair, but I think there's, I think again, there's going to be some parody in the field. Um, I think there's going to be, there's going to be some differing ideas, some differing mm-hmm. opinions, some different styles. Um, I think that's going to be um, an absolute blast. So make sure you tune in not only on Thursday and Friday as we come into the snowball derby, keep you guys in on that, but also, next week for our off-season topic four already, which is crazy to think. So, um, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in, taking a listen, dropping any any thoughts, comments, uh, making sure you're uh, enjoying what we got going on. And if you got a top five that you can drop us, make sure you drop either comments or or DM us on any socials. Um, and then uh, we'll see you guys all later in the week. Thanks.